Hi, this is Norm MacDonald, and you're listening to the Think Funny Podcast. You are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, this is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Donnelly. Hi, guys. Our, we're, our guest today, and we're just so happy to have him on, is Alan Johnson. And uh, Alan is, um, he hosts one of my favorite podcasts uh, that's out there. So everybody has some of their, their go-to podcasts, and his is one of mine. It's called On Comedy Writing. And he has interviewed exactly, I guess, 100 uh, of the top you know working comedy writers uh, today. So writers for Saturday Night Live, Late Night Shows, TV, Cable, Academy Award winning movies, stuff like that. So Alan has interviewed them. If you're someone interested in the, sort of the creation of comedy, the writing process, each episode is a deep dive into working with working comedy writers. And one thing, Alan, that I just wanted to say is that you're so generous with uh, your sort of energy and time on the show to put the focus on to your, the people that you're interviewing. And so that's, I just wanted to kind of say a thank you and uh, just interview you as a thank you because <laughs> there's people out there that are really appreciative of, of the work that you've done. I know some people that listen to my show are interested in comedy writing too. And so thank you very much for doing all that hard work, putting it in. Oh, what, what, a, what a very kind intro. I don't know how I'm going to live up to that, but yeah, uh, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. So Alan actually just wrapped up his podcast. I, di- I didn't know that he was going to when I asked I him, but um, he hit right on 100 shows, which is, there's a ton of information there if you're interested. It, it's it's very uh, all-encompassing. So, um, And then the final episode is actually Alan getting interviewed um, uh, just about sort of his uh, journey and the his history of the show and that kind of thing. So I don't want to necessarily cover all that because that's a great interview and everybody should go there and check it out um the on comedy writing is episode 101 but i kind of just wanted to give you a stage to just kind of say okay well what's next for alan and uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe talk talk about comedy a little bit i know that um you kind of voice that talking about comedy is different than doing comedy yeah, it's something I think about a lot because, of, like, you know, I did this show where I talked a lot about comedy and I'm not very, being very funny about it at all, like, for most of it, which is weird because that's, like, um, that's what I, I mean, that's why I like comedies. I like, you know, making jokes. I like writing jokes and doing stuff like that. So it is it is interesting uh, that I spent so much time working on maybe the thing that, you know, people know me the most for at this point, uh, not doing comedy. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's part of the reason why I'm now thinking like, you know, this was a good thing to have for a little bit, but now I want to step out and start doing more, um, comedy stuff. So one of the things you kind of mentioned was that, um, well, I do, I didn't want to get into the, what was covered in the other interview as much, except for one story, which is you, uh, getting your internship with Matt Besser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you could tell how that kind of came about. Yeah. So I was, um, I was at the Dell Close Marathon in 20, 2016. Uh, I had just graduated college. I was going to go to Connecticut and do improv at this theater and also work at WWE. I, I had an interview with WWE to be a production assistant, which would have been kind of fun. I don't know. It would have been yeah. an interesting life. But I was at the Dell Close Marathon, and I uh, I was having a good time, and I was walking home to where I, where I was staying with my friend, and I just started listening to uh, Improv for Humans, the podcast on Earwolf. And uh, he mentioned 
in like the first 30 seconds that the intern they had uh had just left it was mm-hmm. um if you know for podcast fans it's Ke- kevin chef kevin popular mm-hmm. in hollywood handbook and so i don't know what i was thinking i was just like i don't know i feel like a lot of things in life you just like need to just like ask for or like just put some sort of like uh action towards it and it'll happen and so i uh i just googled matt besser email i found something and then i emailed uh, my resume to him and said hey i hear you're looking for a uh an intern here's my resume and he replied like i forgot about it then completely and then he replied like three or four days later saying uh can you come to the studio like on the sixth <laughs> and i was like <laughs> oh shit because <laughs> i was yeah. uh i was i wasn't living in connecticut yet i was visiting new york and hanging out and then i was back in dallas where i'm from originally and uh you know luckily my parents i had to explain like what ucb was uh what a podcast yeah, yeah. was they still my dad recently he said uh congratulations for wrapping up your blog which i thought was very funny <laughs> but uh they were very uh, supportive, and they like uh, sent me out there for the day. I flew in, went straight to the studio. I did an episode. I think it was like Paul Rust, John Gabris, and oh Nicole Parker, I think. And it was you know John Gabris, Paul Rust are very funny. Nicole Parker is also very funny, but those two guys are particular like you know people I really admire. Uh, and Besser was like, uh, yeah, you have the you got the job. There's a show like next week or something. So get ready for that. So I flew home. What What would you have done if they asked you like where you live or about anything local? Honestly, okay. So I had lived I had lived in L.A. in like a study abroad thing in college oh, for okay. a summer. So I knew a little bit about L.A. I think I did lie. I think I did lie. <laughs> if Besser's listening to this, sorry, Besser. I think he might know nowadays, but I don't know. The reason why I wanted you to share that story is because. I think like that's what it takes to make it. And I think that people that do have a gift inherently take those risks. There's something in them that drives them to fly to LA for an interview and not let them know that you don't live there just to, there's a confidence in there um, that I think people that make it ultimately have. And I think you're doing that now. You're leaving an established show that could continue to grow uh, just to take the risk because you want to spend your time actually making comedy. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I, I hadn't thought of it like that. It is funny if this is my, my big risk before was getting an internship at a, a podcast. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> that's a big my origin story. Talking about comedy, like Chris Rock has said, like, I'll tell you what's not funny. It's talking about being funny. Right. It's kind of like explaining magic tricks. A show doing that. It's like you don't really want to know how the magic trick is done. And there's studies, like Harvard has done extensive studies on what's funny. The best explanation that I've ever seen is I saw a little video of it was a baby and its dad, and they were each holding one side of a piece of paper, and then the piece of paper ripped and the baby fell back and then started laughing. <laughs> and to me, that I don't even know how to put that into words, but I think that's what's something what makes something funny. I don't know if you've ever kind of come up with uh, just a theory of what you think is funny or put it into words at all. Uh, yeah, that's it's interesting to think about. I'm not sure. I know, like, I think, like, uh, it's funny to see people get hurt and they're not actually hurt. Like, that's that's always funny. I don't know why. That's a, It's like a very, like, maybe a lizard brain thing of people. But I don't know. I mean, like, what I think, personally, I like, like, overconfident people I think are very funny. Have you seen the um, the Tim Robinson sketch show that just came out? Yeah, I've watched, I've watched a few of those. It's good. I th- I think those characters are so funny because they're just like, I mean, it's called I Think You Should Leave. 
And it's I think because each of those characters, like someone should say, I think you should leave because they're like just like these insane, very confident, uh, stupid people. And I think that is a thing I really like. What did you do at the UCB? So I know you trained there. Um, were you on stage and performing or do you have any memories there of certain things that you thought were really good or? Um, oh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, so I did, um, I did classes at UCB, uh, in LA and a little bit in New York. I've done like one in New York. Uh, and I also did stuff at the, the pack theater, which is kind of a newish theater in Hollywood that I really like. I ended up doing more like performance stuff at the pack because it's kind of like, you know, UCB, the thing about UCB is it's like a really cool place and there's a lot of great people there, but there's just so many people and there's so little, uh, stage time. And like, especially in LA, you've got like, you know, you know, Ben Schwartz is like doing shows. And it's like, wait, how am I supposed to get like on the same yeah. stage as Ben Schwartz, you know, doing this thing. But I did classes there. I did tech there as well, which was really fun. So I did like tech for some shows. So okay. you got to like see a lot of cool stuff. My I, my favorite team to see was uh, Shitty Jobs, which was um, Ben Schwartz, uh, Sean Clements, Dominic Durkies, DC Pearson, uh, Gavin Spieler, and I'm probably forgetting somebody. Can't remember, but yeah, that was a, that was a really great show. Sunday nights at nine thirty, and I try to go every week. As far as being on stage, did you feel a certain like a persona developing of your own that you felt most comfortable, or what do you feel most comfortable performing like on stage? Yeah, it's funny because I don't think of myself as much of a performer. I think of myself definitely as a as a writerly performer, which is kind of why I think something like UCB makes sense because I think that is very much writers doing improv, writers acting, and whatnot. For Persona, I guess just like, yeah, kind of a, a, a stupid man, an overconfident, stupid guy, <laughs> yeah. I think is what I, is Overconfident what I think. stupidity yeah. is gold. Yeah. It, it is really my wheelhouse, yeah. When you're writing a sketch, what you, do you try and do topical stuff? Are you more attracted to the absurd? Uh, def- definitely not topical. I've never been a, a big topical guy. And I think it's gotten worse with Trump to like the topicals just so, I think, unfunny. Uh, but to probably the absurd, just like, again, like very stupid. I, I like to write very stupid things. <laughs> like Mr. Show. You said Mr. Show was, uh, influential on you growing up. Yeah. I loved Mr. Show. I, I think that's also, I guess that's like the platonic ideal of sketch where it's like very stupid, but also very smart. Like it's very smartly done and you can kind of, um, you can see the logic of it if you're actually like paying it, if you're like really paying attention to it. But if you just zone out and just watch it, it's like very dumb and very funny. Well, like a, a famous sketch of theirs is a guy comes into a convenience store to change a dollar mm-hmm. and the clerk has to call the boss. The boss has to call like it keeps going up the line yeah, to like yeah. the CEO of the company and then it goes back down the line. Now, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, OK, yeah, it's kind of it gets stale, but then it gets beyond stale. And then that's when it gets funny. And they know that. So if you watch it, it's interesting to see that. I think, you know, there's a rule, there's a rule of threes, right? That, you know, you, you do like a setup, setup, and then the joke or whatever, or you have to do it or you hit it three times. And then there's also like rule of 28s where you just do it. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not funny the 25th time but you're back in on the 26th. And that's uh that's interesting to think about. So in the last episode you got interviewed, you said that um, you had the idea for this podcast and another podcast regarding just uh, sketch comedy. Can you share kind of what your thoughts were on that, on getting that podcast off the ground and what that was supposed to be about? Yeah, that was going to be, uh, I was going to interview somebody, like interview like a friend or someone like kind of interesting outside of the comedy world. And then through that conversation, 
take like little bits and then use that as like a like a jumping off board for sketches mm-hmm. and then like so you'd kind of cut away from the talk to the sketch and then then I'd write the I'd write the sketch and then like get people to perform it and whatnot. I mean that would have been a, a lot of work. That would have been way more work than this podcast and this podcast was a lot of work too. So, I don't know. I don't know if I would do that now. I'm not sure. I don't know. I thought it was cool at the time. <laughs> yeah, like a live writer's room type kind situation. Kind of, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you would come back to and sort of... We talk a lot about, on this show, um, the process of mining a joke and not being settled with the first element of that joke. So, I would have a hard... I think a lot of people going into the comedy writing are... Um, what's the word like uh, intimidated by the idea of working in a writer's room and having to come up with stuff on the spot because a lot of writers are not that way verbally. Mm-hmm. Have you ever worked in a writer's room like that before? Had to come up with uh, concepts like that? Yeah. So I've never worked in like a professional uh, paid writer's room, but I've done like, I've done, I've done writer's room for like sketch shows and like different things. And obviously like, you know, now I'm in, um, I'm at NYU. I'm finishing up now, but we, it's like, that's like a writer's room basically. And it's, it's interesting. I guess, I mean like, uh, Coming up with things on the on the spot is tough, and that is something that you do have to figure out how to do. I think you know improv does help with that a little bit, but that's honestly it's like I don't know. You do have to become kind of like a bit machine in a way that's not annoying. I think, which is also difficult. <laughs> I think. Well, as far as like working in like a writer's room specifically, I think the bigger thing is to figure out like, the politics of the room mm-hmm. because it's like you don't know. It, like, I I think it's something that's like been come up on my podcast a lot. It's something I've heard like outside of it, is that uh like when you first get into a room, like just just watch everyone for like the first day, and then like try to see like okay this this person has like this pull he on on the room here, and like you need to figure out like the spot that you should jump in. It's a certain social awareness that really every they should teach it in school, like how to navigate <laughs> a corporate culture or any kind of culture in a work culture. It's so important. There's so many people that would get farther in their career if they just had those skills. Yeah. And I'm sure with the writer's room, it's ultra sensitive that way. That's a really good point. So you went to, and I can never, I can pronounce it in my head, but not verbally. Yeah. Uh, Quina, why don't you say the name of the uh, college? Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Okay. Yeah. And that's up in the Northeast. Um is that in Connecticut? It's in Connecticut, yeah. So I Googled uh, that college, and the only thing that stuck out... Well, not, it's a great college and everything. Uh, it's but whatever. <laughs> the, one, <laughs> the one thing that stuck out to me was that there's the Ed McMahon Mass Communications Center. That's right, yeah. So then I went over to Ed McMahon's uh, Wikipedia, and there's just this one section that I love. It's about his childhood. After three years as a child carnival barker in Maine, he served as a 15-year-old bingo caller and then put himself through college as a pitchman for vegetable slicers on the Atlantic City <laughs> boardwalk. <laughs> wow. It's crazy to think that's like a, a life people had. Like, that would have been so much cooler than like, I don't know, I was 15, I was just going to high school. Yeah, I was just playing Nintendo. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, um, so then after there you went to, uh, so now you're just, are you, have you graduated already with your MFA from NYU? Or you're... I have my last class tonight, and then I, oh, wow. uh, I graduate next week. Congratulations, yeah. man. <laughs> so uh, in working on that, so there's a lot of you know, famous alumni, writers, of your, of people's favorite TV shows and movies that have come out of this program. Um, in working in this program, do, they, do you get to develop work and material and screenplays that you will later take now and want to use as part of your career? Is that how it works? Or Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, the, it's 
three disciplines. So you, it's playwriting, screenwriting, and TV writing. And it's a two-year program. And uh, after the first semester, you kind of can just like pick and choose what you want to do. I ended up. It's I funny. I I plan on taking one play class and then being done. And I ended up taking play throughout. I, I actually I did my thesis in play, which is kind of crazy. Really? What was your thesis on? It was a uh, it was a play about uh, a, a family in Texas. It was a it's kind of a drama. There's like comedic elements, but it's like mostly a drama, which is kind of fun to do. That's what I've like what like the most about being in this program is like experimenting more with stuff. Because like if I was in L.A. just like writing and whatnot, I'd be doing like sketch stuff and improv stuff and comedy stuff more. But then when I'd be writing, I'd probably just be writing like pilots, you know, because that's kind of what everyone does there. Just kind of unfortunate because everyone's just working on their shitty pilot instead of like trying to figure <laughs> stuff out. And being in this program, I was able to to work on many other things. I also have shitty pilots, but I worked on many other things too, <laughs> which was fun. So yeah, you take the 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 plan would be to take this stuff and then like uh, use it to get like uh, agents and managers. Right. Yeah. I found that people that are really funny that choose then to write something serious that serious thing is truly great and i think that because you bring a certain emotional intelligence when you're funny to a topic and if you just go into drama with it it really resonates with people so um so there's that play and uh you've probably written screenplays i would assume i don't know if you want to share anything about other projects that you oh sure yeah i'll i'll, p- I'll pitch my projects uh yeah go for it I wrote this screenplay called uh, I Hate LeBron James. Are you guys big basketball fans? Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. So it's um, about uh, a guy, his childhood rival is LeBron. <laughs> and then um, in the big high school game, he's like, they're both good. Ba- like, uh, obviously, LeBron's a good basketball player, but this guy's also a good basketball player. And uh, he's going to go to college and play ball. And his dream is to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers because they're both from Ohio. But in the high school game, he like um, he gets his uh, shoulder hurt. LeBron hurts his shoulder in the high school championship game. Ruins his uh, college career. His life becomes in disarray, becomes a huge loser as LeBron becomes you know the biggest star in the world. And so eventually he decides that he needs to do one thing. He needs to kill LeBron James to like yeah. get revenge. Anyway, so then that becomes uh, misconstrued. <laughs> I, I did not plan on pitching this whole thing, but I think I am now. That becomes misconstrued to where they think he tries to kill him, but becomes misconstrued to where they think he's like challenging him to a game of horse. And so the media latches on to this, becomes like a big sensation. And so he gets like, through doing it, he realizes like, he didn't want revenge. He wanted like this life back. So through doing it, he wins. His life becomes good again. He beats LeBron in horse. Uh, LeBron uh, bummed out says I'm going to LA now I'm leaving Cleveland <laughs> and then um, oh he gets to he, gets, he fulfills his dream of playing professional basketball by joining the Harlem Globetrotters so there you go that's the movie <laughs> there's nothing sadder than a, than the Harlem Globetrotters right <laughs> well the Washington the, uh, Senators I think right or the Generals oh, I the think generals, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so LeBron went to LA. Does he have his own like uh, company that producing uh, uh, that does this kind of stuff? He does, now? yeah. So I, what I, are your I thoughts, should, I should lay yeah, If anyone has a connection at Spring Hill Entertainment, I think is what it's called. <laughs> a DM. It's me. not. It's not totally. I mean, because I'm assuming that he wants to get into this kind of creative venture. And here's you with a fully done screenplay of an interesting thing. It's not too far fetched, honestly. Well, like it's interesting. It is interesting because they they say you know you need one person to say yes to your idea, and my one person just happens to be LeBron James. Because if LeBron said yes, <laughs> I think it could get made, which is kind of funny to think about. But I mean, yeah, Space Jam yeah. Two, he's working on that right now. It's gonna be exactly, good. yeah. 
your Instagram is also uh, really funny. You oh have, God. Uh, <laughs> you have lots of pictures. I did not of... know we were going to talk about Instagram. <laughs> well, okay. So, what's your Instagram name so people know where to find you? Uh, I think it's it's at Dugary Man D- Doug Gary with one G Man. Not, not a good not a good Instagram name for a guy <laughs> named Alan Johnson. But <laughs> the thing I loved was that there's uh, if you scroll through it enough, there's lots of pictures of things like uh, a nude Kim Kardashian photo, but then also your bare foot. Oh yeah, on the picture. <laughs> On, it's, on Instagram, I do like a lot of like uh, lengthy bits to the point where, yeah. and they're very like alienating if you haven't been there from the start. So it's like, <laughs> what does that even mean? So as far as what's happening in comedy right now, is there anything sort of interesting, cutting edge that or that you kind of find interesting right now that maybe people wouldn't even know about? I I like the the Brooklyn comedy scene here in New York is very interesting. They're kind of um, doing more kind of weirder stuff which is kind of more my taste well it's like um are you guys familiar with like uh mitra juhari no and, um or connor o'malley are you guys familiar with connor o'malley connor o'malley he, yeah he did like he does like those howard schultz videos on twitter like the yelling videos yeah, yeah. he's he's so funny and they're kind of do just more like uh i don't know how to explain it just like almost deconstructed weirder stuff than you'd see like at a ucb or something yeah, they're also. I think they're also getting like a lot of success. Like, uh, like Mitra, for instance, she just got a show on Adult Swim that uh, she's got picked up. Connor O'Malley, uh, I think, also had a show. Maybe not, but anyway, people are. Yeah, so I think that's a really cool scene. I think also like um, like I mentioned before, the Tim Robinson sketch show. I thought that was like so good, and uh, it's cool if they if sketch comes back in that way where it's like one person's uh, vision doing like like leading a whole show. So at the end of your show, you always had my favorite part, which were you pitched sort of create a little writer's room where you pitched a sketch idea to like a working sketch writer kind of an idea Mm -hmm. and and just uh, bounce it off of them. And then you guys kind of bounce back and forth. So uh, recently on Twitter, you just put a bunch of ideas up for uh, throwaway or just sort of sketch ideas that you're done with. Um, I just sort of took some notes on some thoughts. So maybe I could bounce some stuff off of you. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, So first one is... uh, Obama takes a dump in your bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I like the idea of Obama coming to your door and people are like speechless with excitement and he holds up a finger to like silence them and then yeah. goes into their bathroom and takes a dump. And while he's in there, people are like super excited. They don't know why he's here. They don't know what. And then he just leaves with no like yeah. further feedback for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought of maybe like an old black man, like walking towards the bathroom door and then going on about how he marched on Washington. <laughs> and then they, he, they, he opens the door and it's just like a window with like a curtain blowing in the wind. <laughs> like, That's very funny. And, uh, and maybe he lifts the lid and said he didn't even flush or something like that. Yeah. I, there's something about Obama that with so much hatred towards Trump, there's so much sort of a flip side of the coin is so much adoration. Mm-hmm. It'd be funny to put him in an absurdist thing with no meaning whatsoever. I don't know. What what I liked about this idea originally was just like Obama comes to your house that's like already insane and you're like why is Obama here and he like I like to think that he's like trying to go to the bathroom from the very start but he's like has to like hide it a little bit he doesn't want to say like oh yeah I just I'm just my car I just need to go go take a dump real quick and leave yeah and then so he's trying to hide it but like you know he, he has to do it 
uh, that March on Washington thing. That's very funny. I like that a lot. That's a very funny <laughs> add into that. He probably cannot enter a room without having to give some meaningful exchange. And if he really just yeah. has to take a dump, that's hard for him, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. That sucks. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's kind of sad. I was going to add a different layer to it in that what if he didn't flush the toilet and he just left? He <laughs> yeah. just left a big dump in the toilet? That's fun, too. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> do you Do you mention it? <laughs> or do you try to keep keep the dump? You wanna you wanna have it? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> just a sample. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just a sample. Um, the next one you had was there's a Edward Scissorhands parody. Um, oh yes. where uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, it's he's like an Edward Scissorhands character, but he's just annoying to people. Well, I think uh, it's, it's supposed to be it's Edward Scissorhands, but instead of having scissors for hands, he has re- two. <laughs> this is a very stupid <laughs> sketch. He has two Ricky Gervaises. <laughs> Like bobbleheads? No, just like real Ricky Gervaises for hands. <laughs> that's so that's supposed to be the sketch. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and maybe maybe one of them just laughs. That laugh. I tell you Annoying. what, if you're not into Ricky Gervais, then that laugh puts you way over the edge. I love <laughs> Ricky Gervais, but um, I kind of thought like, you know, Disney, it's always these, uh, like the previews are always like, uh, you know, a kid who didn't have a shot, who everyone else, you know, cast out or didn't give a chance. What if there was a guy like a like an Edward Scissorhands guy who lived up on a house on the hill and he he got kicked out of school and he has scissors for hands. But the reason why is not because of scissors for hands is because he was always using things to scratch his anus because <laughs> okay. he couldn't scratch it with the scissors and how... Um, Anyway, the previous talks about how he's, he's cast out of society and then they interview the people and like, no, he was a nice guy. He just yeah. tried to itch his anus with everything and he became obsessed with it. Like that, that was my thought anyway. That's funny because I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I uh, I used to shit my pants all the time when I was like, a, really? yeah, when I was like in kindergarten or like even before, like right before kindergarten, I used to shit my pants all the time. And I think that would be, that would be, that, would, that was an issue. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that was an issue where I, I was getting in trouble for shitting my pants and I couldn't help myself. It was like horrible. Do you ever think that like that memory of you, people probably don't even remember who you are. They just know there was a kid that shit his pants a lot in class <laughs> Maybe, yeah. and you're existing in their brain somehow. <laughs> yeah. Probably that teacher. Yeah, for sure. That teacher. Yeah. It's a similar line to there's just a memory of a kid that always, when he'd stand at a urinal, would always pull his underwear and pants all the way down. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know who that kid is, but he's stuck in my head. And uh, that's great, man. Thanks for sharing that. That's 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 awesome. <laughs> we all we all have a kid who did that for sure. I remember that. Yeah. Um, next one was uh, Gordon Ramsay at a concert. Um, maybe you want to talk about? Did, oh no, Gordon Ramsay dies. Oh yeah. So yeah, I should probably pull these up. But uh, it's a it's like a sound check at a concert. And the guy is like, he's doing the sound check, and he's like, oh, by the way, uh, kind of bad news, uh, Gordon Ramsay, celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay is dead. <laughs> and so the everyone's like, oh, my God, Gordon Ramsay. And so then the, the sound check guy kind of takes over and turns into, like, a funeral for Gordon Ramsay rather than doing sound check <laughs> stuff. And then, like, meanwhile, the uh, – I, I said the strokes. Meanwhile, the strokes are, like, off to the side just angry about it. <laughs> yeah i don't know that's a pretty half-baked idea but yeah they didn't want him to die it's just really bad timing it's just like, the fact that it's we, we want to do a concert guys we want to play our songs <laughs> we don't want to talk about gordon ramsay it's good that it's uh not a super famous person but enough that everyone knows who he is 
Uh, I was thinking maybe like if you had Maya Angelou going through town and dying in a car accident right when a country music festival in that town was going to start <laughs> and how they would address <laughs> their love for her work and uh, and so forth. But that's that's a good idea, too. The idea that he's not famous enough to matter that much but still have to address it is interesting to me. Yeah, well, it's, 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 that's a good specific to find is like I always do like I overuse it. But like, cause I like those guys, but I always use the jackass guys for like bits because they're like, so they're kind of like, I think a lot of people know them, which is kind of funny, but also they're just like, so I don't know, not, not, not cool or something. Yeah. And so it's fun to say like, oh yeah, Bam Margera. He's a good, he's my go-to. And then Steve-O. I used to go up to people when I was young in high school and, and tell check out people that like Art Garfunkel had just died. <laughs> and at the time, uh... Anyway, so the next one is uh, <clears throat> beatboxing during the national anthem. Oh yeah, that was uh, that, that's all I got for that one. That's all. That's <laughs> the only thought I had. Beatboxing during the national anthem, I thought it was funny. Has uh, Has Mattis Yahoo ever done uh, the national anthem? Oh, I don't know who Are that you is. Familiar with him? Oh, he's a Jewish Jewish reggae superstar, but he beatboxes. <laughs> okay, off the Matt <laughs> mentions him a lot in this podcast. I think to try and uh, spread the word. <laughs> yeah, um, the last one. Well, there was one about temporary amnesia. The Beatles have temporary amnesia on stage and forget how to play. Oh, yeah. That's another. These these were my, like, these are, like, usually <laughs> when I do, when I have them for the podcast, I think about them a little bit more and write them out a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. So these are my just notes. Like, I thought it'd be funny if the Beatles are just, like, <laughs> I thought it'd be funny. I guess, like, like, they're reuniting or something somehow with John Lennon there or something. And they're, like... All right, no. Uh, who plays what instrument? And then they just like, have to figure out, like, oh, I play the drums. No, you play the bass. I don't know. <laughs> that was it. It's good one. We're getting, we are getting to how I like very stupid things. I think through this, we're, we're understanding that. Well, I the only thought I had on that was like, I like the idea of super like a ton of buildup and then something disappointing or mundane. Like if you had BTS, but just had them at a, like a county commissioner's rezoning meeting and <laughs> they get up to make one comment and it's really boring. I mean, no one would love that, but I just like the concept of those kind of things yeah. too. But, um, and then the last one was, uh, uh, let's see women. Oh yeah. I forgot okay. about this one too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is not safe for work, but uh, 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 women who chew on uh, cum. <laughs> yeah, uh, a sketch that I will not write, but I, I think if you're a woman out there, you should take that sketch. Cause I think that is funny. <laughs> it is a funny I, I don't concept. Know if, I don't know if women talk about if they spit or swallow. I don't know if that's like a like a that seems like a thing from like the '90s or something. Yeah, that women talk about yeah. that. But if they did. Uh, saying you chew, you chew cum. I think that's very funny. So, well, the thing that's funny to me is not that it's a it's a vulgar topic, but you're not covering it in a vulgar way. Right. You're taking this little side twist to it that's really bizarre and it catches people off guard. I thought that was really brilliant. Um, I wrote a not I wrote a sketch, but on that one, like uh, it occurred to me, and I, I don't even know if this maybe has been done before, but like you know, in the old west. Like how it'd take you like three months to get a letter back right. from your loved one and stuff. And I thought about this guy that's out there in the old West and he's on his horse and he's reading a letter from his loved one. She's like a Victorian yeah, young girl and she's talking and all Victorian. And at the very end is PS. I chew jizz now. <laughs> and then, but he has to wait like three months to hear another line. And uh, in the meantime, like she dies and, uh, 
And then, and then, uh, like the old Saturday Night Live, uh, a voice comes on. This has been women of the Victorian area coming out about chewing jizz. <laughs> and so that was my concept I like on that, that one. But that's sad that you'd have to wait so long to hear back on that. That bums me out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so have you tried to? Before we get going here, I just wanted to. Um, what do you think about uh, stand up? Are you are you interested in doing stand up? You know, what are your thoughts on performing? I've done I've done a little bit of stand up. I, did, I started doing a little bit in high school, and then I did a little bit in college. I opened for um, uh, Adam. You know Adam Conover from Adam Ruins Everything. Oh yeah. yeah, I I opened for him at my college, which is not a big deal. I don't mean to say that as a big deal, no, but um, I've been meaning to get back into it, especially now living in New York. It's funny because I li- I've lived in New York two years and I haven't done any stand up, and I and I just wanted to do it because New York's like there's a lot of open mics, a lot of cool places, and it's very easy to move around to different places. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I graduate next week. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to be living, uh, after August. So I got three months in New York for sure. So I think I'm going to try to hit up stand up next. Hopefully we'll see. Is this next step for you? Like trying to get an agent manager, t- that type of situation? Uh, yeah. I mean, a job of any sort would be great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, agent manager stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're not doing agents right now. So is the strike still, I haven't. Yeah. It's not, it's not quite a strike. It's like uh, I forget what they call it, but they're just uh, they fired all the agents temporarily as they figure out how to do the packaging stuff, which okay. I think it's gonna okay. that'll end like in a month, hopefully. I don't know. Well, it'll end by the time that you need it to happen, man. It's gonna come yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on graduating from NYU, oh, and uh, again, just thank you, man, so much for the show. Um, I'll go back and listen to more episodes again. I recommend people do the same. It's called On Comedy Writing. It's Alan Johnson. I'm sure we'll hear more from him in the future. And would it be okay if maybe we checked back with you at some point and see how you're doing? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Cool, okay. All right, well, guys, well, uh, thanks for listening to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly and from Matt Donnelly and our uh, very special guest, Alan Johnson. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. They say, you know, you need one person to say yes to your idea. And my one person just happens to be LeBron James. Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aaronDonley.com for today's show notes and much more. That's A-A-R-O-N-D-O-N-L-E-Y dot com. <laughs> <laughs>